Hey, it's Tyson Sharp here, and if you're looking for some practical tips on how you become more awakened every day in your business, this is the interview for you. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to the Awaken Your Business podcast. My name's Tyson Sharp, and if it's also your mission to heighten consciousness, yes, you are a light worker. And it's in this podcast where you execute that heart's mission by integrating your spiritual and business growth. This is what I call stepping into the role of the heart-centered CEO. This is the version of you who knows the numbers, you know how to grow an audience, you know how to create more impact and more income, but every business strategy is done through the filter of love, compassion, consciousness, and contribution. So when you're ready, take a deep breath, and I'll see you on the inside. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Awaken Your Business podcast. Odds are, if you're in business and starting to feel a little bit sluggish or a little bit lost, a little bit confused, my guess is you may have forgotten some fundamental principles to do with success, fulfillment, spirituality, all those different things. And that's why I love this chat. This chat is with Sam Leibowitz. And he jumped on to explain all his areas of expertise in terms of, you know, learning the principles of success, learning about shamanic, uh, you know, rituals, learning about all the esoteric topics that he's been able to fuse in to help clients, to help people in his practice, you know, start to grow their businesses in a fulfilling way. And in this chat, we start to go we dive in deep into those fundamental principles. We learn all about how to shift and remain uh, aware of your stories and you know how to really start to see the habits you can implement in your life, the practical tools and tips that you can remember to make your life more enriched, to make it more fulfilling, to make it you know obviously more successful so you can go out there and, and build your businesses and, and make an impact. So let me read you Sam's bio. Super impressive, uh, and you'll f- you'll see in his story uh, as he explains what he's all about. But Sam Leibowitz, known as the Conscious Consultant, he's a mentor, coach, speaker, healer, serial entrepreneur, and author of the number one best-selling book Everyday Awakening. He's been in business since 1993 and has owned several successful businesses. And his current ventures include talking alternative broadcasting and uh, Double Diamond Wellness in Manhattan in, in that he runs. And he does that with his wife as well. And he's lectured in several, several uh, venues in New York City, including uh, being featured as a speaker at, uh, at TEDx, which is in Upper West Side in, in 2016. So he's got a wealth of experience to bring here and to bring... Uh, on this podcast, but as you listen, what you'll start to notice is some some real key questions you can ask yourself, some real practical things you can add throughout your day, not only make it more fulfilling, but clear to have more success as a byproduct of that. So I know you're going to love Sam. I've put all his links in the show notes so that you can connect with him. He's in the serving circle as well, and uh, and and he's definitely circling through there to, to meet some really, really cool people. So without further ado, here is the interview with Sam Leibowitz. Okay, my online family, welcome back to another episode of the Awaken Your Business podcast. 
I, I, I talked to Sam, when was it last week? And yep. we just had a crazy chat, not only about all the esoteric topics we're into, but clearly the, uh, the benefit he, uh, he gives his audience as a conscious consultant, truly transforming lives in ways that you guys know are super possible. And I love having these chats because if you're here building a business, if you're here getting your voice out, spreading your message to the world, these are the types of conversations that really allow us to look within and then channel that in a way that's aligned, channel it in a way that we can build our audiences, grow our businesses, serve our clients in a way that is truly our heart's calling. And, uh, and Sam Leibowitz here is not only the, the conscious consultant of, of the world, it seems, but obviously his, uh, his book, radio show, all the ways in which he's putting out content is really, really welcomed and, and changing lives around the world. So Sam, welcome to the podcast. How are you, my friend? Wonderful. Thank you so much, Tyson. I really appreciate you having me on your show and give me a chance to talk to your audience. Uh, I, I, I take it, uh, I do not take it lightly or for granted. No, no worries. I mean, as soon as you started sharing with me your story and what you're all about, I'm all on board. I was just like, man, this is, this is exactly what we're all about. The listeners here are totally aligned, totally in flow with what, what you're all about. So share with us, what is your journey all about? How is it that you got to do what you do and, uh, and how you serve the world? Hmm. Well, <clears throat> you know, my story kind of goes back a ways because I would say like back when I was in college, uh, I was put on a very spiritual path. Um, and, and I was at the time, I really didn't know what I believed in. I didn't believe in regular religion because it just seemed like there was too much hypocrisy in it. I was kind of open looking for what the truth was, but didn't really know what it was. And so I met these friends in college and, and got involved in this very spiritual experience but over time, it started to go sour. It, it really, um, a lot of problems, a lot of difficulties. Turned out one of my friends was schizophrenic. And so, although I was there for many years, and a lot of my identity was tied up into this experience, but eventually I had to just pull myself away from it and and just leave for my own sanity. And it was like, after that, I really was almost shell-shocked. I like, I didn't know what to believe in. I felt like the rug got pulled out from underneath me. I, I didn't know anything. I, I, I literally, I like didn't know what was true, what wasn't true. And, and I didn't know what to do. So I just kind of threw myself into being an entrepreneur and just focusing on making money because that, you know, I could deal with. But then, and, and it was a number of years that that's all I did. And I kind of stayed away from anything that was spiritual. And the universe, though, is really smart, and it has this way of nudging you back to where you belong, whether you want it to or not. And so many years later, I got married. I'm you know, still an entrepreneur and a business consultant. I was helping people start small businesses, being a mentor and a coach and advisor. And then I, I rediscovered some old recordings of some personal development stuff, you know, Tony Robbins and some of these other guys. And I started listening it to, to it again. And my wife listened and she's a therapist and she's very open and she started really getting into it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so we really dove into it and started going to seminars, started going to local groups here in New York City. I went to this one group where 
every month they would have a speaker come in who was like visiting the city and usually someone who was doing a workshop that weekend and and around all these different healing modalities and i like never heard of this stuff before and i started going to these workshops not because in a million years i ever thought of myself as a healer but because of my, I wanted for my own healing. I wanted to learn this stuff to help myself because I knew still there was a lot of emotional, energetic stuff trapped in my body. And so I started taking the Sedona method and the Brandon Bay's The Journey and Reiki classes and this and that. And then there was that one modality where, you know, you learn the method and then you, second day you start trying it on people and I got paired up with this woman and and after I tried this method on her for like five minutes, she was like, oh my God, like you helped me to release something I've had since I was a little girl. And I was like, really? And it was like, oh, 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 like the light bulb went on above my head. And it was like, oh, so it's like, I can use this stuff to help other people. It's not just for me. And then I was like, what do I do with this? I mean, I'm a businessman. I'm a, I'm a consultant. What do you do with this? And then it just kind of came to me as I sat, sat with it for a little while. Well, I'm still kind of a consultant. I'm just a different kind of consultant. I'm a consultant now who focuses more on the energy, takes a more holistic view of things, who finds those energetic patterns and helps people to break them and get past them and, and, and dissolve them so that they can be more empowered. And so over the years, uh, I've done a lot of work. I've typically worked one-on-one. I'm doing group uh, sessions now and special workshops and things. I, I used to do a spoon bending workshop. I haven't done that for a little bit. That was fun. Um, and and so now I and uh, I've also I run a, a wellness center with my wife's private practice and my work, and as well as this internet radio station talkradio.nyc. And so during the pandemic, like the radio station's really been picking up. But the one thing I did during the pandemic, was, I was like, got to come out with a book this year. I really want to come out with a book. And that's where I started uh, taking my material and putting it together into Everyday Awakening, which came out just in uh, November 17th. Wow. Crazy. That's so cool how you were able to look within and recognize the universe always guides us, you know, to the things yeah. that, the, where we're meant to be and the home in which we're meant to, we're meant to, we're meant to be. And for you to just discover the healing modalities for yourself and then realize, Oh, I can actually use this to help. And not only that, I can find a cool niche where I can blend my, my business with healing and with energy work. Let me ask you, what was that like? Was there, was there a moment in time? Was it when you started to heal this woman in five minutes that you started to realize that you can do this and then couple it with the business and the business acumen or did it come a bit later when those two started merging? No, it kind of came around the same time because I had already been like working on myself and taking a bunch of workshops already. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and, and once the idea came to me, it was kind of like I couldn't go back. I, like I couldn't go back to being just a regular normal person because I never was. I mean, most of my life I was, and it was more, I, I, I was just a, you know, got, you know, focused on business because I just didn't know how to deal with that side of my life. 
and now that like I was back and then I, you know, I studied with spiritual teachers and uh, joined different, you know, mystery schools and did, and, and then in the recent years doing a lot of shamanic work. So, so when I got back involved with this stuff, I was like, I can't be inauthentic. I, ca I can't just ignore this. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And so I put a stake in the ground and I, and I remember the day I like went, I mean, I don't remember which day, but I remember the day I did it. I like, I already had already had my LinkedIn profile set up very professional, very businesslike. And I was like, I got to put this in. And so I put in and added in my title of the conscious consultant. And from then on, it was like no looking back. And, and the interesting thing is this was again, like 15 years ago, you know, I thought I would get people snickering at me, making fun of me, like, ah, oh, what is that? What are you doing? But actually, I didn't. I mean, either people just said nothing or people like, wow, what's that? So it really showed me how there was actually, I would say, already a, a, a shift in consciousness that people started to be more open. Now, now, I would say people are much more open now than they were back then. But the seeds had already started so that once I... I, I just came out and said, okay, I'm, I'm not just an entrepreneur. I am the conscious consultant. Like people are like, oh, okay. All right. Tell me, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So it, it was interesting how I was actually expecting a lot more resistance, but it actually didn't show up. Mm -hmm. did, did you feel a, a shift in identity as soon as you put that out to the world? And because a lot of people go through that when they put out a different title, they feel something different. Obviously the doubts and the fears come up of what are people going to think? But once you put, once you put it out anyway, did you have a, a shift that said, this is now who I am. This is now uh, what I'm, what I'm, uh, what, how I see myself. And did that feel any different than what it was before the conscious consultant? Well, actually I think what happened was the shift happened like the day before and then I put it out. Yeah. Okay. So it was like, if the shift didn't happen internally within me, I wouldn't have had the courage to change it publicly. Mm. And, and, and the shift was really more about coming back to who I really am. So it wasn't like an awkward or, or difficult thing. It was more like putting on an old coat that you haven't worn for many years. Now, the interesting thing was, is if I had gotten put back on my spiritual path, like very suddenly at the beginning of all of this, I probably would have just ran in the other direction and said, no, 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 I'm not going back there because of all the difficult experiences I'd been through. But because it was like a little step at a time, a little step at a time, a little step at a time, that once I was back on it, it was like, oh, oh, I'm here again. Okay. All right, this is where I'm supposed to be. Great, I love that. Yeah, everyone's everyone's putting on their coats, you know, just returning <laughs> returning home to who and what they who and what they really are. I love that, and you don't get a chance to talk to someone who's studied so many areas and so many disciplines, right? In terms of you studied Eastern philosophies and ancient wisdom and modern success and success principles and shamanic techniques, all those different things. Um, what do you see? Do you see any commonalities or underlying themes between these disciplines? What have you found or what's been surprising in your time in studying all of this? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, it's like all interrelated. 
And it's almost like the more you, more different traditions you study, the more you see they actually are all underneath it saying the exact same thing, just maybe from a slightly different perspective. <clears throat> to me, what I feel has emerged most recently from me and what I'm trying to really the message I'm trying to get out to people now, which is actually a very, very old message to set a different way is that life happens for us and not to us. Which means that we're, and again, a lot of success principle teachers say the same thing. We are the creators of our life. We are the creators of our world. I mean, that's why the, the subtitle of my book is you are more powerful than you know. And, and this is the ancient mystics have been trying to teach us this for thousands of years, that when we truly knew, know who and what we are, as, as spiritual beings, as beings of light, we, we're so infinite and, and so divine and so powerful. If we really got it and, and, and experienced it and embodied it, nothing would be able to stop us. And on a very practical day-to-day -day basis, we are the creators of our life merely by what we choose to focus on, the, the, perspectives we inhabit, the stories we tell ourselves, the decisions we make, you know, we may not have any control over what happens externally, right? And a lot of people right now with the pandemic and everything going on around the world feel very disempowered, but it's because they're looking externally. But when we look internally, actually we have 100% control over what we decide with our minds and our hearts and our bodies of what we do. So we actually are still very much empowered because we always have the power to choose how we're going to respond to any given situation. And to me, that is like the essence of everything, of every success principle, of every spiritual tradition, it's about our internal sovereignty. Now, what, now, there are tremendous implications from that. First of all, nobody else is responsible for our happiness except for us. We are responsible for our own happiness. Nothing else anybody thinks, says, or does makes any difference because it's not about us. It's about them. And it's up to us. We can choose to be happy or we can choose something else. We can choose to be right. Oftentimes we choose to be right over being happy, but it's a choice. All right, so other people aren't responsible for our happiness. Well, you know what? That means we're not responsible for anybody else's happiness. So we do not have to take that burden on, do not have to take that responsibility on. We are not responsible for our friends, our family, our, our, our spouses, for anybody else's happiness but we are responsible for our own happiness. But the interesting thing is when we show up truly happy from our core and the center of our being, other people feel good because everyone likes being around a happy person. And so we can't change anybody else. You know, we teach things, we share things, but we can't change another human being. However, when we live as a role model and we embody these kinds of ideals and perspectives on a day-to-day -day basis, 
we can affect other people and other people may shift because they see us as a role model and they want what we have and so then they try it on for themselves. But we can't get another pe person to change. Mm. It's always up to them because that's their personal sovereignty. I just, I just collectively felt all the listeners drop the weight off their shoulders when, when, you, <laughs> when you explain you're not responsible for other people's happiness. I, as a, I'm sure you know as well as a coach, we can place so much expectation and responsibility on how our clients are doing, what they're feeling, you know, transform that to your family, make sure they're all happy and whatever. Once you just, it, it, it's so much, it's not only so much less responsibility, you just focus on yourself, but it's so much more powerful in the effect you can create because that's truly what it comes from. Even when someone's upset, if you're trying to make them feel happy, you know, sometimes they're like, just let me be upset, you know, and you're trying to force something that's, that's not in flow, right? Not in harmony with what life's, you know, what life's giving us. Um, but one thing that came up for me when you were explaining about your history and your past, were there any particular surprising experiences that you had or anything that you sort of started to realize? Was there a switch when you started to realize, oh, okay, this is all connected and in fact, we are in control of our reality. Was there any moment or any experience that you, that you had that was surprising or that, that made that, you know, that light bulb go off? Well, other than that initial <clears throat> kind of healing experience that I had working with someone, there, there were a few experiences along the way that kind of, you know, made me notice or question. Like I, I, I was... Um, uh, I, I was taking a, a number of workshops uh, that this guy Skip used to facilitate. And and it was this emotional healing technique from Brandon Bay's called The Journey. And, you know, again, it, it's, the workshops work the same way. You like, you know, beginning of it, you learn the modality, and then you practice it on each other. And I would go to these work and I'd get paired up with some of the most difficult people to process. I mean, the process, let's say was supposed to take a half hour. I could be there an hour processing somebody. I remember one time, I think I was in Denver. I was working with this guy, tall guy from Saskatchewan, a, a native American uh, chief. He was an Indian chief. And I'm like, okay, what's under that? And he's bawling. I mean, he's got like the garbage pail there and he's crying and blah, blah. And he's like, oh my God. He goes, you don't understand. Like, I haven't cried like that since I was like four years old when my dad died. I didn't even cry when I was four years old when my dad died like this. He goes, I've never let go like that. And, and I'm like, and, and, you know, we're going through this stuff. And he's like, man, you have so much patience. And I'm just like, I don't know, I'm just here. And so I remember then, then there was another one, another one. And I was at another thing a few months later with this guy, Skip. And I, I, and, and, and I had this other woman and really like difficult time for her to go through it. And I was just being present, doing what I was told to do. And I said to Skip, I go, Skip, is there a reason why I get all the most difficult people? And he looks at me and he smiles and he goes, yes, and walks away. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> You know, but, but I did want to go back to something you were saying about, you know, not being responsible because, and I think this is something would be helpful for your listeners as an energy worker, as an energy healer. One of the things that I noticed was when I dropped my attachment to my clients 
getting results during a session. And it's like, I just do my part. And if they feel different, great. And if they don't, well, you know, then they're still on their process of healing. All of a sudden, people started having more miraculous uh, things happen afterwards. Didn't always happen during the session. Many times it would happen the next day after they had a night's sleep. But it was just amazing how once I was not attached, I was like, everything is perfect. You know, they came to me. I, they came to me for a specific reason. I do my part. And now, like, their spirit, their energy needs to do their part. And I've had people come to me and they say, oh, you remember, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you worked on my legs. Well, two years to the day after you worked on my legs, all of a sudden, I started writing my spiritual memoir, and I never written anything in my life. Or, or I had this woman, and this was actually even a distance one, you know, a long time ago, this woman from California, I, I did a session with her and she had like 13 different symptoms. And, and, and I like, okay, we work on it, work on it, work on it. And it got it down from like, you know, I always have people measure at the beginning on a scale of one to 10. So she started off, everything was like an eight or nine. We got her down to like a three or four. And I was like, well, okay, let's see how it goes and let me know what happens. And I didn't hear from her for like months. And then she calls me up. Oh, I'd like to get another session. Okay. The beginning of the session, I asked her, so I just want to know, like, after our last session, what happened? Because I never heard back from you. And she goes, oh, I didn't tell you. I go, no. She goes, oh, the next day I woke up and everything was gone. It was all down to zero. Like, everything was gone. I was like, oh, good to know. <laughs> but the Maybe something you should have told me. Yeah. But, but it was also... It was a big lesson for me in not being attached to the outcomes or the results because it's always perfect. Mm -hmm. I don't have to micromanage the universe. It's always perfect. And so I, just because I know like you have a lot of people who do energy work, I want them to get that message that's like, look, you guys, you show up, you do your part. Don't worry about your clients. The less attached you are to their results, the greater the results you will have. Mm. I think there's a there's an important reason for that because when you when you sort of want results for them, you got to really ask why is that? And you might be judging the side of you that can fail by saying right. that if you have to succeed and when you succeed it's better, you kind of you kind of in conflict there with saying if that's better then something has to be wrong and not better, which is the failure or the staying stuck or whatever it may be. And we can put our own insecurities, our own judgments of ourselves onto our clients. But when you beautifully explain, when, when you view everything as perfect, when you view everything is in harmony and there's just, even if our mind can't see, there's a deeper connection, there's a deeper reason for why things are happening. Just more and more miracles show up as a byproduct of that energy. Is that the way you describe it? Yeah, because when we have that kind of attachment to something happening, it creates a bit of energetic resistance. Yeah. And when there's energetic resistance, then the energy isn't flowing properly. Mm. Plus, the other thing too is, none of us ever cures anything. Because ultimately, one day we're all going to die. So what are you curing? Yeah. You're just maybe <laughs> delaying it. And, and the, the friend of mine who I've mentioned to you off air, who became a Buddhist monk, who's an acupuncturist, I, I sat in on one of his training sessions one time, and he was talking about this Buddhist concept known as Kama Vipaka, which is basically a person's karmic path. And he was saying like, you know, you could cure somebody from cancer, and the next day they walk out and they get hit by a bus and get killed. 
because that was their karma. Their karma wasn't to live a, a longer life or something. So you don't know. You don't know someone's spiritual path. You don't know their karmic history. So if somebody's meant to go, they're meant to go. But maybe we ease it along the way. So that's why I say it's like really that learning of not being attached can serve us in so many ways because we just don't know. And it's having that humility and not thinking we're so great and so smart and we could do everything and we know everything. The, I tell you, the more I learn, the less I know. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like the more you study, the more you learn, the more you know. It's like it's not even this much. Yeah. It's like infinitesimal what we know compared to what's out there. Mm. Yeah, you can even relate that to science. It's like a lot of people who are ignorant, or I shouldn't say ignorant, but a lot of people who haven't studied science think, oh man, scientists know all this stuff and we've come a long way since since Plato and, 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 you know, Einstein opened up this revolutionary thing and now we're into quantum physics. The more scientists you talk to, the more they're like, man, we don't know anything. We, are just, <laughs> we seriously don't know, you know, even, even a fraction of actually what's happening in the world. And the more we dive into it, the more we know we don't know. And it's sort of, <laughs> it's sort of similar, that aspect of humility and yeah. just being open for whatever, whatever's coming and whatever you're meant to learn next. Is, yeah, there's is, one um, quantum physicist who I really love, and I just can't think of his name at the moment, but you just remind me of one of his quotes, which is, if you think you understand quantum mechanics, then you really haven't studied it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely interesting on how, uh, you know, on how we can do this. And in fact, um, there's this, I forget what it's called, um, but there's, there's, an actual, uh, there's an actual study that shows that people who are, um, the most ignorant of something are often the most confident because they don't know what they don't know. Mm, but those right. of the, those people who actually are the more competent are less confident in some aspects because if you're coaching, if you're teaching, if you're on your spiritual journey and the more, you know, the more you don't know that, you know, so it's kind of a, it's kind of the people who are putting something out there. And if they do have doubts, I always let them know if you have some doubts, it's probably because you know more than you think. It's probably because you know more than the, the average person. That's why you have doubts because the more you know, you don't know. Right. As a matter of fact, you actually know more than the majority of people, but someone who's right. completely, you know, I came into coaching thinking, man, I am the best coach in the world. And because I seriously did, I, I studied a little bit of it. I didn't truly know what the depths of, you know, long-term change was until I dove into it and started studying it for years and applying it myself. And then I started realizing, ah, oh, there's a lot more to it. And then I actually started I'm like, well, how much more do I need to know before I can do all this stuff? So it's an interesting thing. I'll, I'll stop my rambling, but one, one question that one question that comes up for me is what's your, do you have any type of day-to-day -day habits or practices in which you found is, is you know most empowering for you to remind yourself of these principles yeah um well every morning i start off with gratitude i mean it's one of the best ways to start off your life uh, start off your day and i usually look at gratitude in three aspects it's who are the people in my life i'm grateful for what are the experiences in my life i'm grateful for and then what are the physical things in my life that i'm grateful for 
And, you know, sometimes I go through a list and sometimes it's a more extensive list. Sometimes it's a shorter list, just depends. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, and, and sometimes I do this, sometimes I don't, but I make a list of at least three to five, I'll call them victories. It's a victory log. And a victory can be a very, very small thing. It can be, oh, uh, I, I connected with an old friend today, or I cleaned up my desk, or I, 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 I straightened out the apartment, or whatever it happens, or I went for a walk. Or it can be a big thing. Hey, I launched my book and I was a number one bestseller today. Woohoo! You know, it, victories can be a lot of things, but you want to reinforce that because you want to acknowledge and feel good about what are the things you did that day. So it reinforces it. And so when you start off with gratitude and you end with victory, it, it's like you're setting the emotional tone for your days. And that really raises up your feeling of, of, of just feeling grateful and good to be alive and your energy and everything. So, and, and those are like two exercises I give any client who works for me. That's like one of the first things. If you're not already doing it, that's like your first homework assignment. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. Like I said, sets, sets the tone. And from what I found, when you, when you start your day with gratitude, you just start being grateful for everything. You start noticing it more often. And then when you end the day in victories, I write the, I have like an Excel spreadsheet and a, a Google docs that I sort of write down a lot of different things, but you like, you go to bed when you're just marinating in your unconscious mind about the victories that you've created instead of all the fears and doubts and frustrations that might come up. Uh, it can, it can offer a lot of momentum, right? A lot of momentum for people. The next day, they're like excited to start their day because they start with gratitude. Is that what you found? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because they've done studies and they say that what you're thinking about for the last 20 minutes before you go to sleep sets the emotional tone for your sleep and your dreams. Mm -hmm. And what you think about in the first 20 minutes of the day sets the emotional tone for the rest of your day. So that's why I call them like your positive bookends. So if you're constantly setting the emotional tone to be grateful and, and to, to validate yourself about all these great things you've done, it's a positive reinforcing spiral that just lifts you up. Love it. Love it. If you're not doing it, definitely pick it up as a, as a practice. It doesn't take very long uh, to do, but it, it takes some consistency to build that momentum. Um, yep. 30 days, 30 days. You got to do it for 30 days straight to, Get ingrained it as a habit. Gotcha. Cool. Set it on your set it in your Google Calendar, everyone. That the the things you need to put in at the start of your day and end of your day. Um, let me ask you: When you have people come to you, what are the what are the main challenges that people have? Is it mostly to do with their businesses and they they're looking within? Is there any particular theme, any particular pattern that you recognize? Uh, you know, commonalities between people that that you might be able to help as as value here. Yeah, there's, you know, everything usually boils down to three main things. You know, first of all, a lot of people come because of, I'm going to call it money related issues. So difficulties at work or in their business, right? Because mm -hmm. those are the things because that's how we make money. So we're more willing to spend the money to fix that. So that's one. Two is relationships. And three is, is physical health and, and physical, mental, emotional health. I'm just say, I'm going to lump that all together into health. Now, you know, are there other things? Yeah, but those are like the three main big categories. And a lot, a lot falls underneath that. The funny thing is, I would say most people come to me for, for business and, and career related stuff. 
But once we get into it about what's really going on and, and what's happening and where does it come from, I dig in. It's like, what's the underlying energetic pattern? That's the question I'm always asking myself. And we come to it and we find it. And it's usually something that was said a long, long time ago that not only is affecting them there, but it's affecting them in other places in their life. So once we excavate it, shine the light on it, put some love around it and, and help the person to integrate it, now it's no longer a challenge for them. And then other areas of their life start flourishing as well because we're holistic, integrated beings. We're not like a body with a mind, with a heart, with a spirit. No, we're a whole being that those are just different aspects of it. And so once we work on one aspect of ourselves, it affects all the other aspects of ourselves. Yeah, I definitely find that. And so how can people start to identify their, their emotional patterns? Is it what you just said in terms of reviewing what was said in, in childhood or anything like that? Is there any particular patterns they can pick up on as they go throughout their life? How can they start to unravel that type of journey within themselves? So there are two ways of doing it, depending on how self-aware people are. So the first thing is, what is the story you're telling yourself about the situation? So, you know, the, there's always two aspects of any situation. There's the actual evidential facts, physically what happened, and then there's our interpretation and our story that's wrapped all around that. Now, oftentimes we put the two together so tightly that we don't see that they're two separate things. So once you, but once you can kind of split it apart and say, oh, this is my story around it. Like the story might be, I can't trust people with money or I'm not good enough or other people are always better than me or whatever it happens to be. But once you can recognize that story, then that's the breadcrumb to start. Well, whose voice is saying that? Is that really your voice or is it someone else's voice saying that? And then when you find out, well, whose voice is saying that? Okay, well, is what they're saying really true or is that really what they said or is that your interpretation of what they said or did? And so you use that as breadcrumbs and there are different ways to go. So that's one way. Then the other way is, being more present to just how you feel in the moment when something is triggering you. You know, when you're having that trouble, that difficult situation, how are you really feeling in your body? Not dissociating out, but in your body, how are you feeling? And then it's like, okay, hold on to that feeling, recognize that feeling. Now, is that a familiar feeling or not? It, uh, I, it's always, always a familiar feeling. How far back can you trace that feeling? Now, you may not be able to get all the way back to the beginning, but we can usually get pretty far back. And then what was the situation around that feeling? And then again, once you get that, what's the story around it? And is that really true? And how can you reinterpret it to serve you and empower yourself as opposed to disempower yourself? Because here's the thing, it's all made up all these stories, everything, it's all made up. And you know, they say like our memories are actually very inaccurate. So if we're remembering something that happened 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, it's probably mostly wrong. So if it's all made up anyway, why not make up a meaning and a story that empowers us instead of disempowers us? So instead of a story of like how nobody was there for us, 
turn it into a story of, gee, I must be so powerful that I could gotten through that without anybody's help. Or instead of, oh, you know, I was compared to, I wasn't as good as my brother or sister, maybe a story of, wow, like my brother and sister were older than me and I was, I was trying to do things they were doing. I was really advanced, you know? So it, it, you, we can reinterpret those stories and make up a new story that serves you and then live into that story until it doesn't serve you anymore and throw it out. Don't be attached to it and make another new story that's your new new story. And we can constantly change them. We don't have to hold on to them. You know, sometimes we have these beliefs, which are stories that we hold on to so tightly and we don't realize that they're all made up. So what's the difference? Who cares if you make up a completely different story that has nothing to do with the aspects of reality, but it empowers and it serves you and it helps you get rid of that old story, come up with a brand new story and live into that. And it's sort of like the meta story, what you described before of life's happening for me, right? Right. Life's happening, life's happening for me, not to me. And you can put that on, that umbrella goes, you know, cast a wide net. It's sort of just like everything can fall under that. No matter what challenge, no matter what circumstances, no matter what events, that can always fall under this is all happening for me. Even if your mind can't see it, you know, and so I love those meta stories that just encompass everything that you can uh, imagine in your life. Even the emotions, the emotions that are coming up to be seen, to be felt, like if you view it as it's all happening for you and you're, t you're learning the lessons, especially the lessons that this is helping me grow. So I have more to give. I mean, you can go back to that story day in, day out, time and time again, and you can reinvent it in a way that's unique for, for you. I mean, look, I could go back to my story of what happened to me when I first got put on my spiritual path as something to be regretful over, to be, to be spiteful over, to be angry about but that's not going to serve me. Mm. But actually I look at it now. Now, again, I didn't have the perspective 15, 20, 25 years ago that I do now, but now I look at that and I realize, Oh my God, like, because I went through that hard time, it really made me who I am today. And I'm actually like pretty happy with who I am today. Yeah. So it's actually a good thing. I went through that. But if you asked me at the time, I would have tell you, no, 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 get me out of here. I want to get out of here now. Right. So over time, things shift and change in terms of how good they look. So I always ask people, it's like, just put it off. Just stop judging it as good or bad. Just say, look, I don't know if it's good or bad or not. I don't know. Maybe tomorrow I'll have a different perspective. Let me just wait. Yeah. Just put it off by one day. Put it off. But just don't judge it for today. And if we can keep doing that and keep doing that and keep doing that, then we stop judging what we're in in the moment. And then we get through it much more gracefully, much more easily, much more fluidly. And look, is it still going to be hard and difficult? Yeah, probably. But is that necessarily a bad thing? I don't think so. You know, we have this habit of judging mistakes and errors and all this stuff as being bad. But that's how we learn. I mean, if, when you're a little kid and you're learning to walk, you're falling down all the time. You're making mistakes every second. Yeah, not if me, we I got it straight ourselves away. As little kids, like we do as adults, we never get out of the crib. <laughs> That's right. Well, here's the here's the question: what what's the what's the story and the meaning you've attached to why the uh, you kept getting paired up with those more difficult people in the workshops? 
Oh, because it because life was trying to show me like, yeah, you're a healer. Like this is your mm. path. Like get used to it, bud. You're going to be doing a lot of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you this now rather than later, so you can so you can learn the skills. That's cool. I love it. And everyone can everyone can re reinvent their stories and and even just start being more aware of their stories. I know day in day out, I'm I ask myself that question. I'm like, like what am I making this mean? What does this right. mean to me? What if, if all my clients left, if all my community left, if my podcast got shut down, whatever it may be, like, what would I make that mean? What would it mean about me? What would it mean about my success, my worthiness, my, my ability to love, just so I can be consciously aware on, on what, I'm, uh, what I've been doing. So is there any particular questions, any particular habits people can adopt, whether it be, throughout the day or throughout the weeks that they can start being more aware of their stories? Well, the thing I'm, I'm, I'm a simple guy. So I like things that are very simple and easy to do. So one of the biggest ones is before you engage in anything, before you have a conversation, before you sit down to work on something, before you get ready to do a session with a client, anything, just take a moment and take a deep breath. Just take a moment to breathe and see where you are. Be present with yourself. And then when you're present with yourself, then you can really kind of know that whatever you're about to engage in, you know the kind of energy that you're bringing with you. And if, and if what you're feeling is not the kind of energy that you want to bring into what you're doing, then sit with it for a moment, breathe it out, breathe something else in, and then when you feel ready, engage. You know, so often we rush to, to, to get into something when really what serves us best in the moment is just taking a moment, taking a breath to really see where you're at before you enter into any kind of situation. Perfect. I love it. So many takeaways here, even if it's, some subtle reminders on how to go deeper and ways in which we can apply it. I'm, 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 I'm well aware of this and I'm sure you're on board with actually implementing this sort of stuff, not just thinking about it theoretically, intellectually, just practically doing it day in day out. So it becomes a habit, like you said, for 30 days, at least to ingrain it in your habits and make sure it impacts your life on a, on a large, large level. I love that. Uh, where can people reach out to find out more about you, more about your book, more about your work, anything like that? Okay, great. Thank you for asking. I appreciate it, Tyson. So I created a link that goes straight to the listing of my book on Amazon, which is everydayawakeningbook.com. So if you just go to everydayawakeningbook.com, it'll take you right to the listing on Amazon. Now, if you're in other countries, you know, you may need to go to your own individual countries uh, listing for it. So that's number one for the book. Um, for me personally, my personal brand website is theconsciousconsultant.com, theconsciousconsultant.com. And if someone wants to reach out to me, Sam at theconsciousconsultant.com. And if you want to learn a little bit about my wellness center, we're doing everything virtually now. That is doublediamondwellness.com. 
Beautiful. Awesome. No doubt. I'll put those links in the show notes for everyone to access easily. Uh, but what is anything else coming up for you? Anything that you'd like to, to leave us with? Any wisdom, any sort of practical tips? What's coming up for you that would make this, this interview oh. feel complete? Well, one thing before I forget is that when you purchase my book, if you then go to my website, theconsciousconsultant.com, and you look for the link that says Sam's book, you put in your name, the receipts, and your email address, and you get access to all these giveaways and freebies that people have donated um, to offer to you for purchasing the book. It's like $3,000 worth of meditations and programs and discounts and all kinds of stuff. So um, make sure you do that as well. Um, take advantage of that. But the thing I would say is that I just want people, you know, especially at this time, to know that you are more powerful than you know. And to remember that you really do have sovereignty over how you choose to respond to anything. So look at your responses. Look at like what triggers you or just what comes to you, whether it's a, something you hear on the news or read in the paper or you hear a friend telling you a story or you experience something outside. Notice how you're responding to what's going on and know that that is where all your power lies. And so when we're more mindful of our response, then our response can be much more authentic and true to who we really are deep inside. Mm. Love that. And that's only a snippet. That's only a, a moment in time when you're like, how am I wanting to respond here? Uh, you, you create that as a habit in everything, any scenario, circumstance, conversation, and to say, what energy am I bringing? I mean, you, that's, that's really how you change the world, right? It's really how you, you create that ripple effect of love or grace or passion, whatever you're wanting to put out there is just how you're wanting to respond. Not what will happen, not what's going on out there, but how you respond to it. I love it. Sam, thank you so much for being here, my friend. It was uh, it's absolute blessing to have you share your wisdom and uh, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll, we'll definitely be in contact and definitely move forward because I'm so aligned with what you're doing and, and I'm excited to spread the, the work of your book as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tyson. I really appreciate you. And I love the fact that, you know, we are like-hearted in, in what we're doing. And really, all I want to do is serve people and help people to have a better experience in life. Uh, you know, I, again, I don't think the world is broken. It doesn't need to be fixed, but it's helpful to be reminded of some things. And look, we all know this. A little bit of a reminder, though, can be very helpful. <laughs> That's what these episodes are for. Subtle reminders that change people's life when they implement it. But man, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're a heart-centered business owner, you know that selling, marketing, and business strategy can bring up a lot of fear, doubt, and scarcity. And this is why I created the community on Facebook called The Serving Circle. It's in here where you get to grow your business as a byproduct of asking the question, how may I serve? It's on our weekly Zoom collaborative calls where you get to serve by meeting like-minded people and organizing collaborations, service exchanges, and partnerships so together we can heighten consciousness through business success. So just search The Serving Circle in your Facebook groups and you'll see that you're just one heartfelt collaboration away from reaching your biggest business goal. Take care now.